0: Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Somebody said amen. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody just shout amen. 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 We thank the Lord. Thank you for being here tonight. Amen. I'm already glad I showed up. Amen. The presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, the miraculous healing power of Jesus. So thankful. So thankful for his power. So thankful for his touch. Amen. So good to have all of you here today. I don't want to embarrass him, but it's good to have the Raminette's oldest boy. Just met him tonight. Jonathan, glad he's here. Amen. Welcome. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. <coughs> I don't know how this is all going to come out tonight, but I do feel like the Lord has um, spoken to me again uh, about uh, just felt impressed of the Holy Ghost this, actually the last couple weeks to, uh, that the Lord would want to lead us a bit further into his desire for us to have a deep and a genuine biblical fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. We talked about it a couple of services ago. And uh, I, I feel like the, sp- the Spirit of the Lord would want us to address it uh, again this evening. So we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. And um, last time we talked about this, uh, we, we, we talked about the difference between having a God consciousness and having the fear of the Lord. Anybody remember that? Thank you to the three of you that remembered. It was powerful, life-changing message. Amen. So there's a difference between a God consciousness and a uh, being God fearing because uh, the truth of the matter is this, you can be aware of God and you can be aware of what God can do and not have a true fear of the Lord. We can have the awareness that God does in fact exist and yet have no reverence or obedience towards that God that we say is real. It's a God consciousness, a God awareness, but it's not the fear of the Lord. We can believe that this book is God's word. There's a ton of people that believe this is God's word, but they have no reverence for his word to submit their lives to it, to submit their hearts to it, right? And So aware of the reality of the Lord, but having no real fear of the Lord. And I, I, want to, I want to point out again that when the Bible speaks of fearing the Lord or the fear of the Lord, it, do, it doesn't mean that we are to be afraid of Him. It's not that we are to cower in fear of Him. And um, uh, me and Pastor Eli were talking about this a little bit the other day. Uh, the Word of the Lord is uh, replete with uh, instances where the Bible tells us that God is our Father, right? Right? And how many know in a healthy family relationship, you don't fear the father, right? And so you, you, wouldn't, you, you want to have respect for the father and reverence for the father and honor to the father. But you, if, if, if a child is in fear of the father, something wrong, right? There's something wrong. And so that is not the uh, attitude that uh, the word of the Lord is, is portraying to us when it speaks of having the fear of the Lord. It is not, it is not to be fearful or afraid, but rather it is to have a, an awesome respect. It is to have a, a high reverence birthed from our understanding of God's goodness and God's greatness, right? When we understand how holy he is, we should have a reverence for him. When we we understand how righteous he is, we should have a reverence for him. When we understand how truly great he is and glorious he is, we should revere him highly, respect him, the fear of the Lord. And so it is that when we understand that he controls all things, knows all things, sees all things, it should fill us with this awe, it should fill us with this respect, this wonder about our God somebody said amen and so it is that to to teach that we must have the fear of the Lord in our hearts is it is not to teach something that is dark it is not to teach something that is damning it is not to teach something that is uh, detrimental to us for again it is not a message about uh, there being a God in heaven that has his fist all balled up just just hoping that we make a mistake Got a ball bat in heaven just waiting for us to make a mistake so he can just thump us. It's not about being fearful of him. It's about honoring him and reverencing him as truly being our leader and our Lord and our master and our Savior. This message of fearing the Lord is not a negative thing. And and, and you don't want to allow that word fear to confuse you. And you don't want to allow anybody in the world to convince you that that's saying something that it's not saying. Because this message of fearing the Lord is not a negative thing at all. Because the Bible says in Psalms chapter 19 and verse 9, Psalms 19 and 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The fear of the Lord is clean, it's pure, it's right, it's not a dark doctrine. It's not a doctrine uh, that 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 brings some heaviness as far as fear, uh, being afraid. But but it is a it's a doctrine that brings clarity, and it's a doctrine that brings light, and it's a doctrine that brings understanding, and it's a doctrine that brings purity, and it's a doctrine that brings cleanness to our hearts and to our lives. But it also says that uh, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever which I believe simply means that it, is, it has stood the test of time, of being a principle that, that multiplied millions of people have followed since the beginning of time. And therefore, there is a host of witnesses all throughout time in the history of time that can attest that to fear the Lord is a beautiful thing. And to fear the Lord is a wonderful thing. And to fear the Lord is a glorious thing. It has endured forever, all throughout history, all the way back to Adam and Eve. There is a millions upon millions of people that say, Hey, I feared the Lord, and it was the greatest thing that I ever did. It wasn't some dark, heavy, thing that was on me but it was the greatest thing it was the most wonderful thing it was the most glorious opportunity that I had to be able to fear the Lord with all my heart mind soul and strength so it is that God would desire for us in the house tonight to have a biblical fear of the Lord we need it operating in our lives every day somebody say every day because if we don't, there is a very dangerous place that we can get to. There's a very dangerous place that we can get to. And I'm not talking, you know, I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to us tonight. There's a dangerous place we can get to. The Bible would describe this place and these, this type of people and this type of mindset and attitude in 2 Kings chapter 17 and Verse 32. 2 Kings chapter 17 and verse 32 says, So they feared the Lord, comma, and made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests of the high places, which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. Now, right out of the gate, it, it, it sounds like they're doing pretty good. Right? So they feared the Lord. That's what we're talking about. And they made them themselves, they got priests together to sacrifice and, and do the, uh, the offerings, you know, of, of, of the temple and on and on and on. And so right out of the gate it sounds like, hey, these, these people are doing what the Lord would want them to do until you realize why the Bible says that they picked the lowest out of their group to be the priest. And the reason was because they had already, as you study it out, what I found was that they had already chosen those who they deemed most qualified to be the priests that would offer up sacrifices to all the other gods that they worshipped. It wasn't that they were, you know, necessarily, uh, it wasn't that they weren't worshipping the Lord they just weren't worshiping him alone. So the next verse, few verses pick up this theme when it says in verse thirty-three, Second 2 Kings chapter 17 and verse 33, they feared the Lord. Now, verse 33, when it says they feared the Lord, that's what they said they were doing. I feared the Lord. We fear the Lord. That's what they said they were doing. And, and, if you're truly serving the Lord, there is no and. It's just, that's it. And they serve their own gods. After the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Unto this day, they do after the former manners. They fear not the Lord. Notice, they say they fear the Lord. But the Lord says, you don't fear me because you can't fear me and worship other things at the same time. It don't matter how much you think you're fearing me, you're really not fearing me if you have other things in your life. Come on, somebody. Fear, they fear not the Lord, neither, neither do they after their statutes or after their ordinances and, after the law, it's just saying they do—they are not obedient to the word of the Lord as they had been commanded to do. And so it is that a few verses later we find that the Lord in his love and in his compassion, he's reaching for these people. He's, he's reaching for them. He's trying to help them. He's trying to encourage them to not live a life like that. I don't want you to live a life where you say you're worshiping me and in fact you are You're. You know, the, the sacrifice is there, and you do have priests, and they're offering this stuff up to me. But you think that's the total fear of the Lord, but it's not the fear of the Lord because you're worshiping all this other stuff. And he said, I want to I encourage you not to live like that. And so 2 Kings chapter 17 and verse 39 says, But the Lord your God ye shall fear. That's it. Just the Lord, that's it. That's the only one you shall fear. And if you'll do that, he says, he's encouraging them, he shall deliver you out of the hand of some of your enemies. What does it say? What a promise. What a promise from the word of the Lord we have that if we will fear the Lord, he'll deliver us from all of our enemies. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody ever have anybody, uh, the the enemy attack you or your family or your home? Come on. Anybody ever have the enemy attack you? The word of the Lord has given us a promise. He said, if you'll fear me, it'll put you in that position. We talked about it the other day. But if it'll put you in a position where I can deliver you out of the hand of all of your adversaries, out of the hand of every one of your enemies, oh, hallelujah, I want to be in that place. I want to have the fear of the Lord in my life. So here he is and he's trying to encourage them and he's trying to help them and he's trying to tell them and, and, and just let them know, man, if you'll do this, this is the blessings, this is the blessings that come with it. But did they listen? Did they listen? The next verse, 2 Kings 17 and 40, how be it? They did not hearken. They did not listen. But they did after their former manner. They went back to what they were doing before, which was to uh, live in this two worlds at one time business where they felt like they were honoring the Lord and fearing the Lord with their worship, but they were also serving all the other stuff as well. (coughs) Hallelujah. They served their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers. Let me just pause here for just a moment. Because I need to let somebody know that our kids watch what we do. Do you see what the book said? So these nations feared the Lord and feared and served their graven images. So they said they feared the Lord. They didn't. They said they feared the Lord. So at home, around the dinner table, they would say they feared the Lord. They would say they, that God was the God of their life. But they also worshipped other things as well. And the kids saw that. And it says that's what the mom and dad did and that's what their children did and that's what their grandchildren did. Come on now. Our kids pick up on stuff. Our kids see things. They know better than we do. They see when we're talking one thing and living another thing. Oh, hallelujah. Don't, don't run the aisles all at once tonight. And so I I want us to see, I want us to see that this is a very real place that we can get into if we're not careful. For we can get to that place where we become comfortable worshiping the Lord and worshiping other things as well. Oh, hallelujah. We can get to that place where we tell ourselves, convince ourselves that we do in fact fear the Lord when we're also following after a few of the things that this world has to offer. And we can't do both. If we're truly fearing the Lord, we would not want anything to do with the world and the things of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Convincing ourselves that we're doing that which God is wanting us to do while still giving ourselves the liberty to do what our flesh wants to do. So on Sundays or whatever other days, we're, we're, we're saying, hey, I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm involved in this. I'm over that. I'm doing this, that, and the other. But then on those other times when nobody's around, we give ourselves license to do things in our flesh, to pursue after certain fleshly carnal desires that is not pleasing to the Lord. And we we somehow convince ourselves that those two things can commingle together, that those two things can cohabitate in the same life and that we're okay and that everything's fine. And, and here's, Brother Rima, the, the, the thing that, that, that struck such a, a nerve in me as I read that story was, was the confidence that they had in their erroneous belief. That, that was what shook me was they had such a confidence in their wrongness that they didn't think was wrong. That they had a fear of the Lord. They said, We fear the Lord. They said it twice. They were so confident that they feared the Lord, even though they were worshiping other things as well. But if you would have asked them, do you fear the Lord? I absolutely fear the Lord, very confidently. So it was in this point in the studying that I had to put the computer down and go out into the chapel and pray and cry and repent unto God and ask him to search my heart because I'm not above that either. And you're not above that either. None of us are above getting to a point where we with confidence would say, I fear the Lord. But then there's other stuff in our life. Come on now. There's other stuff in our life that we're also worshiping as well. But if you ask us, we will confidently tell you with great conviction that we've got a fear of the Lord. And it makes me wonder how many saints of God have a confident belief that they fear the Lord when it's not really true. I wonder how many saints of God have the erroneous belief that the fear of the Lord is in their hearts simply because they talk in tongues every once in a while. I wonder how many have completely convinced themselves that they must have the fear of the Lord in their lives simply because they come to church pretty faithfully and they give tithes and they give some offering and they give to kingdom investment and they support a missionary. And so they must have the fear of the Lord in their lives so much so that they will with confidence tell you that they do. Just because I'm a pastor does not mean I've got the fear of the Lord in my life. My title does not give me the fear of the Lord. My position does not give me the fear of the Lord. My calling does not give me the fear of Of the Lord. And I, this is what I prayed today. I said, God, I don't want to just think that I have the fear of the Lord in my life. I want to know that I have the fear of the Lord in my life. I don't want to just think I have it, but I don't really have it. I want to know that I have it. I don't want to become so desensitized to sin and to carnal pursuits and to worldly entertainment, and to all kinds of media that I lull myself into some false belief that I fear the Lord when it is blatantly obvious to Him that I don't. Oh, hallelujah. The book would say it like this in Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 8.13. We're probably not going to shout tonight, but God's talking to us. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. To truly have the fear of the Lord in my life means that I hate all that which is evil. So it's going to get a little bit more quiet now. So that means that the fear of the Lord would never allow me to entertain myself with things that have evil content. Don't don't leave here saying I'm preaching against this, that, and the other. I'm preaching a principle from the word of the Lord. The principle is that the fear of the Lord, if it is in a believer's heart, is known that it is in their heart because they hate evil. If you hate something, you don't want to entertain yourself with something that you hate. the fear of the Lord causes me to hate all evil, now now we're going to get a little plain, but if the, if the fear of the Lord causes me to hate evil, then I should not be able to sit on my couch and watch a movie where two people on screen are having sex. Well it didn't show much Come on now is that, is that fair to say from the word of the Lord Would we consider that to be evil I hope we would consider that to be evil Well they were married in the movie So if that is evil, then we should hate, not some evil, all evil. Mm. If the fear of the Lord causes me to hate all evil, then I should never feel comfortable watching something that is continually, or even once for that matter, taking the Lord's name in vain. Or cursing. Can, can, can we honestly say we have the fear of the Lord in our lives if we can watch something where they're dropping the F word every few minutes? I don't, I don't know that we can. And yet... I think it might just be one of those things where when we come to the house of the Lord on Sunday, we will say, I fear the Lord. But then on Tuesday evening, we're piping in some stuff and being entertained by some stuff that is evil. And it's not, and and we, we don't hate it at all because we're the ones that bought it. We're the ones that are giving our time to it. Hallelujah. A true fear of the Lord would never allow us to spend two hours of our lives watching something that portrays all of the sins that Jesus had to go to the cross to die for. And so we can get to this place, church. And I've, I've already got been on my, uh, I've already prayed and repented for me today and I'm gonna do it again before we leave this house tonight because I'm not just preaching this to you, I'm preaching it to me because I'm realizing even when I was praying today, the Lord was showing me things. You say you fear me, so why are you doing this and why are you dabbling in that and why are you entertaining these things? So I repented and told God I'm, I want to, Do better in all of this stuff because I don't want to get to that place where I can say I fear the Lord and be totally convinced of it and still serve and worship and dabble in all these other things as well. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, not only will cause us to hate evil, but it says it will cause us to hate every bit of pride and arrogance that is in our life. Every bit of pride and arrogance that is in our life. And somebody might say, well, I, I must truly have the fear of the Lord in my life because I don't have any pride. I'm the most humble person I know. Nobody's more humble than me. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I don't have any pride. I don't have any pride. Let, let me, and, and, and maybe you don't. Who knows? But Proverbs 13 and 10, watch this. Proverbs 13 and 10. Only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride cometh contention. So this is a great example of what I'm I'm talking about tonight as we're just digging into the Bible here. For there are those who say that they fear the Lord. I fear the Lord, I fear the Lord, I fear the Lord. But they're always arguing with this person. They never can get along with this person. There's always something stirred up in their life between them and somebody else. Marriage is all, you know. Why? Because all contention is birthed out of pride. And so we say we got the fear of the Lord But we have all this contentious stuff happening in our lives. But we don't don't view that contentious stuff as being a sign that we don't truly have the fear of the Lord. We still don't see the connection between the two. So that's why we can say like they did. I have the fear of the Lord. But then we're also having these contentious issues in our life on a regularly occurring basis. And why? Why? Because this contention is is birthed from, you know, this is what I think should have happened. This is what I felt should have been done. And you didn't think that was supposed to be done, and I think it was supposed to be done, so now we're going to fight about that. This is how I feel I was treated wrongly. Me, 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 me. And so that's where the contention is. What is that? That's pride. Pride is all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I think. It's all about what I feel. It's all about pride. And so here you have an individual who, like those in the text we just read, feel like they have the fear of the Lord in their lives, but they're also entertaining all of this fleshly, carnal, sinful stuff, contentious and division and fighting and arguing all the time. The Bible says the, the world is going to know that we are the church, not because we talk in tongues, not even because we dress and look the way we dress and look. It's going to be because they see the love we have one for another. That's how the world's going to know that we're the church and that we're children of the most high. And so what if what if they see you always contentious, always fighting, always bickering, always this, that, and the other? They're not going to see the church in you. And so there's going to be a, a, this, all this group of people that know you that do not see Christ in you at all, and yet we're gonna, or me at all, and we're going to come to the house of the Lord and say, I fear the Lord. And that's not right. God, help me to fear you to the point where I hate sin like I've never hated sin before. Oh, hallelujah. That's my prayer. You can pray what you want. But my prayer is, God, I want to fear you at a level where I've never feared you before so I can begin to hate sin like I've never hated sin before. I don't want to entertain myself with things that are displeasing to God. I don't want to yield my members in any way, shape, or form to anything at all that is unrighteous. I don't want to yield my eyes, my hands, my feet, anything. I don't want to yield my body in any way, shape, or form to anything that is unrighteous. I don't want to allow any doors in my life to be opened up to anything that is carnal and sinful. That's my prayer. Because the book would say it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, how many got some promises from the Lord? How many know the book has given us some more promises? A lot of promises. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh. Not just some of it, all the filthiness of the flesh. And of the Spirit, perfecting holiness in the what? In the fear of God. When the fear of the Lord has truly come upon us, it's going to lead us into that dimension Where we desire to cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. There's a really good indicator. There's a really good indicator if the fear of the Lord is operating in your life. And that indicator is this. Do you have a life saturated with repentance? Do you have a life every day that is saying, I want to be cleansed from all the filthiness of my flesh and and of my spirit. And every day I want to be cleansed of this. And I want to know more and more and more that is in my heart that I didn't know was there so I can repent of it and be cleansed from it. If that is the way you feel, then that's a good indicator that the fear of the Lord is operating in your life. But if you can go weeks and weeks and months and months Without repenting of anything new. Without allowing the revelation from the Lord to show you something in your life that you need to repent of that you did not previously know was there. Am I making sense? If, if we can go weeks and months without having that happening to us, then that's probably a sure sign that the fear of the Lord is not operating in our life the way it should be, Jesus' name, not just some things, but all things that are not pleasing to him, not just a few of the things, but all things, how many know, how many know there's some stuff that we'll get out real quick, mostly because that's not anything that would interest us anyway, but then there's those things that have become very common to you, those things that have become interwoven into your very lifestyle, and the Lord begins to speak those things to you, and that now it's a whole lot harder. Now it's a whole lot harder to get that filthiness out of our lives. The book would say it like this in another way, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Conversation there doesn't necessarily just mean your speech, even though it would include that. Conversation means your entire lifestyle. Be holy in all of your lifestyle. Because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. The reason we're to strive to be holy is not to measure up to some standard, but we are to be holy because he's holy and we're trying to be like him. Verse 17, and if ye call on the Father who without respect to persons judgeth according to every man's work, now watch, pass, get this, this is so key, pass the time of your soul sojourneying here in what? Fear. It says because the Lord is so holy and because the Lord is so righteous and because the Lord is so pure, it says therefore we should then pass Every bit of time that we have on earth in the fear of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this this is what convicted me right here. This is what convicted me here is because the book is telling me that my time on this earth, every bit of my time on this earth, should have a thought and my lifestyle and my living should be dictated by the fear of the Lord. And just being transparent, it's not. Sometimes I can go a little while without thinking of the fear of the Lord. And sometimes I do things that I know if I truly feared the Lord, I wouldn't have done that. And I think about it afterwards and I have to repent afterwards, and the reason I have to repent afterwards is because I was not living my life on this earth every moment with the concept of the fear of the Lord because if I was, I wouldn't have had to repent for it later because I wouldn't have done it in the first place because the fear of the Lord would have constricted me. The fear of the Lord would have stopped me. The fear of the Lord would have kept me from doing it. If I would have lived my life in a way that is just enraptured by the understanding of the fear, the awe, the reverence of a holy righteous God, I never would have said what I had to repent for later. I never would have done what I had to repent for later. Is that making sense? So, This is, this is the will of God. This is the will of God for our lives. It's not the will of God to just hear about the fear of the Lord a couple times a year on a Thursday night Bible study. It's the will of the Lord that our time as we sojourn on this earth, fearing the Lord every day at work, fearing the Lord when we wake up, fearing the lord when we travel fearing the lord when we get to work fearing the lord at lunch break fearing the lord at coming home fearing the lord in our home the fear of the lord dictating what i watch what i listen to what i how i conduct myself the fear of the lord dictating who my friends are come on somebody the fear of the lord dictating who i date The fear of the Lord dictating my checkbook, my finances. The fear of the Lord dictating everything that I do. My movement, my being is in Him. And He is holy and He is righteous. So everything that I do should be dictated by the fear of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. In my decisions, the fear of the Lord should be involved in every decision that I make. In my thoughts, the fear of the Lord should be in every thought. That I have Oh hallelujah Pure and holy and of a good report Pure and holy and of a good report Why? Because he is pure and he is holy And he is righteous And if my thoughts Everything that I think If it has to go through the gateway Of the fear of the Lord then you better know when it gets on the other side I'm going to be thinking right thoughts And I'm not going to be thinking wrong thoughts And I'm not going to be dwelling on thoughts I shouldn't be dwelling on Oh, hallelujah. The fear of the Lord in our decisions. The fear of the Lord in our families. The fear of the Lord in our marriages. The fear of the Lord in our futures. The fear of the Lord in all of it. it. says your time on this earth as you sojourn, as you just go throughout your day, he said every bit of it, not just a few times a week, not just a few times a month, but every bit of it should be conducted with an understanding and a great fear, reverence, all. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder, I wonder how many people in the room today, myself included, had the thought today at all that the Lord could come back today. Ask yourself the question. Did you think today that this righteous, man, I feel the Holy Ghost, that this righteous, holy God could come back today? Did we have that thought? And if we didn't have that thought, it's because we're lacking in the fear of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And if we didn't have that thought the last couple days, it's showing us something. It's showing us something. What's it showing us? It's showing that we're just doing life by ourselves. We're just living life. We're just doing life with no eternal consequence in mind. There's no eternal consequence ramifications for what I'm doing in my day-to-day because I haven't thought of any eternal ramifications at all. Maybe not even in the last week have I thought of there being an eternal ramification that one day I'm going to have to stand before the one whose eyes are like the flame of fire, who's one who is holy and righteous and pure, the one who died for me and rose again on the third day, the one who is all of God, the one who sits high and looks low and has the heavens as his throne and the earth as his footstool, the one who tells the ocean where to go and where to stop and the ocean has to listen, the one who tells the wind where it can blow and how to get there the one who names the stars and the counts the sand and all of this i will have to stand before that god one of these days did i think about that today as i lived my life did we think about it this week as we lived our life it's the fear of the lord we do things and we act certain ways and we talk certain things and talk to certain people and we involve ourselves in stuff even behind closed doors when nobody knows and we think we're getting away with it but because it's simply because we do not have a fear of the Lord. We have a fear of man, that's why we do it behind closed doors because we don't want to get caught. But we don't have a fear of the Lord because we're willing to do it in a place nobody can see. In the name of Jesus, He's talking to us now. He's talking to us now. Just lift your hands, would you? Oh God, speak to us. Speak to us, Holy Ghost. Speak to us, Holy Ghost. Speak to us, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! 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 I don't know how much further I'm going to go, but listen to this. Every person in this room, hear me. We are all going to spend eternity somewhere. And one of these days, we are all, every single person in this room, it doesn't matter if you think you are or not, that does not discount the word of the Lord. Because the word of the Lord says, let God be true and every man a liar. We are all going to stand face to face one day, one day before the Lord. And those who feel like, you know, they're too tough, they feel like they're too whatever, and I don't need this, and I don't need God, and I don't need whatever, they don't have a fear of the Lord. They don't have a fear of the Lord. But one day they will. One day they will. Because one day every knee is going to bow. Why is it going to bow? It's going to bow in fear. Of the Lord I feel the Holy Ghost right now Everybody in the room Everybody in the house One day, one day You're going to have the fear of the Lord One day when you stand face to face With the King of all eternity You're going to have The fear of the Lord The problem is, is If you wait to that point It's too late It's too late I believe the Lord would want to speak to some people in this room tonight. And, I, let me, and let me just say this. It's not accidental. Sister Christine, I know you were a little frustrated tonight with the, the students and all that kind of stuff. I didn't say nothing to you. But I felt very strongly as I studied today that this message needed to be for our students. I didn't say nothing to you because my kids get mad at me when I keep them up. But I still will. But this is a divine divinely orchestrated thing because there needs to be some young people that have a fear of the Lord. Hear me, there needs to be some young people that have the fear of the Lord, that you're playing games and you're You're goofing around with stuff and you're playing two worlds at one time and you're coming to the house of the Lord and you're saying, I fear fear the Lord and you worship and you come up here and you go through all the motions, but then you go out in the world and you do all the stuff that the world does, but then you come back here and you act this part and you do not have a fear of the Lord. Hyphen, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, everybody in the room. Hear me under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. One day, you're going to stand before your maker. One day, you're going to stand. And here's here's the thought that's going through your head right now. The thought going through your head right now is I've heard this for years. I've heard preachers talk about this stuff for years. And it still hasn't happened yet. And you better thank God it hasn't happened yet. If we don't have a fear of the Lord right now, you better thank God that we still have a service like this. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You better thank God that there's still an altar you can run to. You better thank God there's still a preacher that can preach to you. You better thank God the Spirit of the Lord is still drawing you. You better thank God that he's still a God of grace and he hasn't turned into a God of judgment yet. You better thank God for that. Don't give me this business that I've heard this stuff for years and it's never going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. It might be now. It might be five years. It might, Who knows what it's going to be. But it absolutely will happen. And we better have the fear of the Lord in our lives. This is a big deal. This isn't something we can play around with. This isn't something we can play games with. Come on. He is a God that is jealous God. He is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. He wants you to serve him and him alone. He doesn't want you playing games. Come on. You've got a call of God on your life. you got something beautiful resting on you. you got something that's been instilled into you from a young age. The hand of the Lord is upon you. Truth has been instilled into you. Glorious things have been poured into you. Why are you wanting to waste it for something meaningless and for the trivialities that this world and the little trinkets that this world can give you when the world when when God has everything you can possibly imagine riches beyond measure in his hand riches beyond measure in his house riches beyond measure in a relationship with him why would you want to sacrifice it all for something so little and something so meaningless I pray I pray I pray right now that the a fresh Fear of the Lord would rest upon our hearts right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I want it to rest on my heart. I'm not preaching to nobody but me right now. God, I want the fear of the Lord to rest upon me like I never felt it before. I want it to dictate my thoughts. I want it to dictate my life. I want it to dictate my actions. Stand to your feet if you would please. Lift your hands right now. I'm gonna have you down in the altar in just a moment but lift your hands right now all across this auditorium. God, I pray you get a hold of hearts right now. I pray you get a hold of hearts right now. I pray you get a hold of hearts right now. I pray you get a hold of hearts right now. now. Shake us, oh God. Shake us out of our lethargy. Shake us from that place where we can feel like we're doing right things and having the fear of the Lord but also doing all this other stuff that is not at all pleasing to you